it's very, very off the radar, very, very technical. I know, you just don't understand what this does. And as soon as you do, you'll switch everything. Okay, so it looks like we're live. So we're joined today with um, Buck or Blockchain Buck. <laughs> yep. And we're joined with Exus as usual. Now, people in the chat, if you could just give us a, a quick comment just to let me know that everything's working, that you can hear us, um, that the picture sounds okay. That'd be fantastic. So the mission with today's show is is to talk about some exciting behind the scenes stuff that we I mean, I'm I'm not massively familiar with. So it's, it's gonna be really nice for me to kind of get to get to know this stuff. So we're looking at Tiny Wallet 2, um, Decred's Lightning Network, Lightning Chat and Decred DEX or DCR DEX and some of the integrations and specifically something that I'm quite interested about, but, but not overly is, is the, the Web3 content as well and how Decred um, might be able to push forward. Remember, a lot of this stuff is, is specul speculative at this point and still in development, but it, it's interesting to talk about this stuff. And it's also interesting to talk about Decred's approach to it, which as we heard from Dave's interview, it was very much about the more that we can do off chain, the better, the less we have to carry the weight forward, um, the, the better. And I know during Dave's interview, he talked about RGB. And I know that's something that I've been doing a bit of research on. I know that Exus has, has looked at a little bit as well. So fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Buckets. Really appreciate your time on this one and Exodus. So if we can start just by saying, um, what's your background, Buck, and what are you currently working on? Yeah, first, um, you know, thanks for having me, Phoenix Exodus. It's really uh, great to have a chance to talk about this stuff. Um, so thanks a lot for having me on. Um, now you're asking about my my background. Um, well, as far as like with with uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency, I got into crypto um, by mining. I was a poor college student. I wanted to make a little bit of extra cash. I saw the market ramping up in 2017. And I bought a handful of GPUs and, and started mining. Um, at the time, I was a student. Uh, let's see, I'm a, I was a graduate student. I was studying physics, and uh, and not really liking it. <laughs> really looking, really kind of just looking for a way out. Didn't really enjoy. I was working at, at various private and national labs, kind of doing my thesis research, and um, was looking for a way out. Didn't really like the whole bureaucracy of the of the. Uh, of the science uh, endeavor. And um, uh, so I got into mining and I, I started writing some software to kind of control my miners and maximize my profits. And then I discovered Decred just, you know, kind of looking around for new coins to mine and kind of read about it, saw an opportunity there and, um, and jumped into DCR data actually is where I, where I started with, uh, with John Chapelo and uh, jumped in, did some front end stuff over there. Um, and I've been around ever since. That was that was 2018. So towards the end of the the, the last bull run, 2017 bull run. Um, yeah. So I made some contribution contributions to DCR data. Uh, been working on various uh, Decred projects since then. Um, my primary duties now are with DCR Dex, uh, which is our uh, decentralized exchange that we're developing. Um, but I've also done some side projects, and one of those we're going to be talking about today is my Tiny Decred uh, project, which includes something called Tiny Wallet, and uh, and this is kind of an experimental wallet that I work with. Um, I've gotten some support from the stakeholders to develop it, but 
Um, mostly it's kind of like my, my personal pet project um, and making some progress, doing some cool things with it. So hopefully I'll get a chance to, to chat about that stuff today. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing. I, I recently watched your, yours and, um, um, is it Jay, John, John's interview on Decred and Depth? And, and I thought it was quite interesting the way you were talking about, you know, you, that you do come from academia and actual fact mm-hmm. you, you kind of pulled straight away from that. And the fact that you've been around since 2017 is a really strong indicator to me that, that we've got some, a development team that, that was really interested in digging deeper and they're, they're staying around for the ups yeah. and the downs, which is absolutely great. I mean, I didn't realize you were a miner actually. So let's just take, get your take on the mining situation at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you still mining? No, I, I'm not partially because I took down my rig when I moved and I never put it back up. I've seen some opportunities where it's like, Oh, I should put my, my GPUs back on, but um, I got, I got other stuff to focus on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah the G- <laughs> GPU market's pretty hard, harsh as well. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, the, the tiny wallet just looks absolutely amazing to me. And I just, like, like I said before, it's not something I'm, I'm massively familiar with, but we looked at this this post that you put up and you, you talked about this integration with the Lightning Network. And mm-hmm. from that came Lightning Chat. Um, yeah. And I wonder if you would just talk a little bit about what, what is Lightning Chat? How is Lightning Network going to work sure. and how can it kind of improve the situation, I suppose? What are the possibilities? Yeah, Lightning Chat is, uh, I mean, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's Lightning, it's, it's private chat across the Lightning Network. Same, same as you would like text message on your phone but you can do it across the Lightning Network without a need for an, a browser, a cellular network, or anything like that. Um, um, it is, it's you know, wallet to wallet. So I once I connect with someone, I send the messages. It goes straight to them. No one in between can read it. It's completely private. Um, if you are using public channels to send your messages, then then it's that part is visible. Anyone on the network can see. Hey, something a payment was sent. But they can never say, oh, there was a message attached to that. And, or they can definitely never say, here's what the message said. Um, so private messaging is just messaging across the Lightning Network. And the Lightning, every message on the Lightning Network actually it has three parts. It has a, a type, it has a payload, um, and then it has this optional part at the end called an extension. And that's the part we kind of take advantage of to send, um, send our messages. The extension is just this really flexible little data structure at the end that you can do just about anything with, but you can't do anything critical because the Lightning uh, protocol says specifically that um, the extension can be ignored. So if I'm going to do something with the extension and send it to someone, I have to make sure that the person receiving it knows how to understand what I'm sending. But that said, the extension is there, and the extension is used to do something. You may have, I don't know if you've ever heard of key send payment on Lightning Network. But it's a way of sending a payment without an invoice. Um, the Lightning Chat uses something very similar. I, I send a payment uh, without an invoice, and the recipient has the choice to ignore it. But if they're set up, they they'll receive the payment, decode the message, and then and then be able to be able to read it. Um, so um, when you send these messages, something that's kind of interesting though with the Lightning Network is you can't send zero value, which is isn't interesting. So I actually had to send at least one atom to someone. So with the lightning chat, you know, some of the technical difficulties with implementing the lightning chat is tracking that atom. Like if you send me two messages, now I've got two of your atoms. I have to kind of make sure that we keep that balance and check on the lightning network and make sure that next time I send you some that I rebalance our channels so that we're never actually accumulating any kind of um, 
and you kind of balance on each other when really we just want to, you know, send messages. Now, this isn't a new idea. Lightning Chat isn't new. Um, in fact, if you read through the Lightning Docs, I think they even give an example of how to do it from the command line to send a message with your payment from the command line. And on Bitcoin, there's some well-developed applications. Um, one of them that I know of is called Juggernaut that, you, that focuses on exactly this, on, on getting private messaging on the Lightning Network. So this isn't a new idea, but it's it's definitely new to Decred. And, um, and I thought it was a good way to sort of just start dipping our toes with, with tiny wallet, with the tiny wallet projects, start dipping our toes into the Lightning Network with some low risk and just kind of start to play around, get the infrastructure set up so that we can we can go on from there. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, one thing that, that I was quite interested in, because it's obviously you're, you're sending messages to messages, how does the, uh, maybe this this isn't this is a little bit of my ignorance here because node is obviously quite a big part of of the whole system and and obviously having a full node obviously validates the whole system yeah how does how does your wallet act as as the node for sending and receiving how how does that kind of increase the network is it is it is it potentially mm-hmm. a big impact if there's lots of them or is is it kind of mitigated in some ways is it is it just something i'm reading too much into i don't i don't see a lot of uh, detrimental impact from having a lot of smaller channels. Um, so uh, it's a, the terminology is a little bit funny here. We use nodes somewhat loosely, but in, in this context, the word node means a single identity pub key on the Lightning Network. So um, every node on the Lightning Network is associated with a single identity pub key. Um, now, as it is, I believe that as um, the Lightning Network is set up, every wallet generally is associated with one identity pub key, but there's nothing that says that has to be like that. I could potentially set up a number of identity pub keys on a single wallet, each running their own node. We're just not, we're just not the software isn't quite set up to do that. Um, that said, it's something I want to look into a little bit because if you can um, uh, allow yourself to set up new pub keys on the same wallet. That makes things like privacy a lot easier. I can create new identities at will um, and uh, new aliases and, and you know, I can be as private as I want on the network without having to create a new wallet and without having to move funds around and stuff like that. Um, now that identity pub key is something that is that identifies your node on the network but luckily for us, the Lightning Network actually has like a rudimentary alias system built in. So that allows us to do things like associate colors and names with nodes. So we don't always have to try to remember the first, you know, however many digits of their identity pub key. Um, so the Lightning Network, whoever, whoever wrote this, I don't know exactly who wrote this code, but whoever wrote this code was thinking ahead and said, you know, it's going to be clear that we need something a little more human to associate with these nodes because, well, the Lightning Network is a gossip network. There's reputation associated with, with it, and um, it's good to know, you know who you're dealing with. Um, so the Lightning Network has these identity pub keys. You can associate an alias with them, and that is what I would sort of call the node in the context of the conversation that we're having here. That's one node. Um, I will be working hopefully with Matthias and DCR LMD and trying to improve some of these privacy things. So look, I'm looking forward to being able to uh, clarify how nodes and pub keys sort of interact when it'll be, it'll need to be clarified when it's, when it's, uh, when you can create more than one on a, on a single wallet. So looking forward, moving towards more privacy, more um, sort of ephemeral <coughs> aliases and identities 
um, because we do privacy pretty well with Decred. So we, we try to stay focused on that kind of stuff. Why, why um, we're are, still on, sorry. I was just going to ask, are there plans to implement this into Decrediton, the uh, Lightning chat? You'd have to ask Decrediton about that. I, I don't plan okay. to go over there and, and add it in. Um, they kind of do their own thing over there. Okay. While we're on um, identities and aliases, one thing that I was kind of thinking about, and obviously if I'm completely wrong, this is this is just me kind of thinking. And it was, it was I was looking at the um, some conversations, and I think it was Unchained podcast, and and there's been a lot of chatter about soulbound IDs. Um, is that in any way related to to these aliases and these and these kind of identities, or is that kind of completely something different? So I don't, I don't know exactly what a soulbound ID is. Um, I've idea, done a little bit of yeah. Google searching, but I think it's related yeah. uh, to um, a few concepts: decentralized ID, DID. Sometimes they call them. Um, I've also yeah. seen seen something called a self-sovereign ID, which I think is a similar concept. The idea yeah, being right. that, well, if we step back and kind of like take a, a brief overview of Web three or what what they're calling Web three. Um, Typically, you have an, a single Ethereum address that sort of identifies you on the network. Um, hold on just one sec. Um, and that, that, that's kind of how you build up your reputation over time is with this. I think that the soulbound ID is something similar. It's a single ID that you attach to yourself. And it's just maybe just a tad more abstract so that it's not associated with a single wallet. Um, and that's great. I think, I mean, that we need that reputation is a difficult thing to work with in blockchain. Yeah. We spend a lot of time uh, on decks, um, coding around the needs of establishing reputation for our Dex uh, users. Um, and going forward with Dex in the mesh, that's going to be one of the biggest challenges we have reputation in general, I think is a challenge on blockchain. So we do need to have system set up like like if you say the soulbound id or decentralized id that allow us to carry that reputation through and through but um i don't i'm not familiar with that particular idea but i i know that my focus in general in general with um tiny wallet and lightning network is sort of the opposite instead of having i i think that it's good that someone's looking at that stuff but i want to look at the opposite i want to know how can i s seamlessly switch between aliases and IDs and retain my privacy as much as possible, which is something Ethereum doesn't do well. So <laughs> as we start to move in Decred into more web applications and stuff, I think what we need to do with Decred is to stay focused on the things that we do really well and privacy is one of those. So soulbound ID sounds like a great concept. If that ever becomes, if that, that ever catches on, it's something that we could implement or, or sort of bring in to Decred um, or to, you know, tiny wallet. Um, but um, I'm personally focused on sort of the opposite end of that spectrum and saying, I don't, what if I don't want someone to know who I am? What if I want to do the opposite thing? What if I want to be one person over here and one person over here? Do I need to create a new wallet for that? So I'm trying to kind of get around that sort of uh, conundrum and find a solution to that. Um, so yeah, it's, no, it's I, two ends of the spectrum and they're both needed. Yeah. You have to have privacy and you also have to have reputation. It's going, there's going to be a balance there somewhere, and, and we need all of these tools, I think. Yeah, no, I completely – it was just – it was looking at the the ID spectrum, and I was just – it kind of clicked in. that it, it sounded something like that, and having, like, a lifetime reputation, certainly um, it seems like a good idea, but you, you're you not wrong. 
preserving privacy has got to be the utmost um of the utmost utmost importance um so the next one was then we're um we're looking at how um tiny wallet 2 is a web app um and this improves over widget based um uids um could you explain the advantages and disadvantages of, of both of these concepts that'd be great yeah i can um i'm going to show a diagram here do you want me to bring it up me on, tell me when i'm up yeah you are up okay there you go Okay, so I just kind of walk through to, to help explain this. I want to sort of just walk through the architecture of uh, Tiny Wallet 2. The, <clears throat> it's a prototype, I'm working on it, things are still in progress, but I kind of want to walk through how I ended up with the architecture that I'm at, and hopefully it'll, it'll help to shed some light on this. Um, so, Tiny Wallet, the original Tiny Wallet was a Python decred wallet, and I did that by rewriting some of the underlying. Go code and Python so that I could have a pure Python decred wallet, which I think is great. It's important. I'm glad we have that tech. I've actually used it a number of times. I've helped people recover funds with it even. So that having that, that uh, code base there is good. The problem is that every time the every time decred or DCR wallet in particular adds a new feature or they change a feature or they change an input or they, you know, then I have to adapt the Python code, every last bit of the Python code, in order to align with the, the, new, the, the new feature, the new change. So I was looking for a way to get around that constant chasing of, of, um, of the DCR wallet code base. Um, so I said, OK, well, can I use DCR wallet directly? DCR wallet has all the features I need. It has staking, it has privacy, it has good development. It's actively maintained. So can I use that directly? And well, it turns out that with Python, you can um, you can import code and use code and libraries um, from other languages if they present a, um, a C-style exported interface. Um, now, DCR Wallet doesn't have that. They have gRPC, they have JSON RPC, and it's native Go. It's natively Go, so I can use the Go. I can use DCR Wallet directly if I'm working with Go. So there's no clear way for me to get my Python to work with DCR Wallet directly. So what I've done, let me just uh, see if I can. What I've done is I've taken DCR Wallet and I've sort of does that work? One sec here. Okay, I've taken DCR Wallet and I've sort of added this this wrapper library around it, and the wrapper library just has like some wallet management utilities that help me create wallets and and open, close, and start. Um, but it also adds an additional API. So instead of just having the Go or the GPC JSON RPC and Go API, I've kind of wrapped it and exposed all of the all of the 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 entire DCR wallet API through a C API. Um, so then I could, in theory, sorry, I could, in theory, I don't know what I'm doing here. Just take this, stuff it in here, connect it with a PyQt interface, just like I did with Tiny Wallet One. And I'm back to where I started. I have a tiny wallet, but now I can start programming with the new features. 
And that's great. Oh, but that's then the, the next question was, okay, well, what happens? I want to get Bitcoin in here too. Well, this is going to be a multi-wallet, a multi-asset wallet. It's like, okay, well, that seems simple enough. I could just, there, now Bitcoin's in there too. <laughs> okay, well, I want to get Dex in there too. Let's get Dex in there. Okay. Now I got Dex in there too. But here's the problem with this. Um, Dex has to communicate with my Bitcoin wallet. It has to communicate with my Decred wallet. And Dex only has, a, well, it has a Go interface. It knows how to communicate with these wallets through JSON RPC. But for a highly integrated app, I, I have no way of, if I'm working with separate Decred libraries, Bitcoin libraries, DCR Dex libraries, if I'm working with all these separate libraries in Go, I have no way of saying, of say using my actual, my DCR wallet that I've, that I've implemented and giving that wallet to Dex. So now Dex has to run a separate wallet with its own blockchain and its own sync. Um, um, and that's not ideal. Now I have, I have to sync the Decred blockchain twice. I have to sync the Bitcoin blockchain twice. I have to create new wallets. I have extra addresses. I have to move funds around between wallets in order to do things like trading. So this only gets us so far, this sort of, uh, this implementation, this plan with the Python and the separate libraries uh, built out. It, it gets us really far in terms of like the the API that becomes available to us because we have the full BTC wallet API, we have the full DCR wallet API, we have the full DCR Dex API, but I don't have a way to sort of combine those in, in into one sort of highly integrated app. So let's look at ways to get around that. And I said, okay, well, what if we do this just a little bit differently? And instead, I do all of the things, I, I make TinyWallet, instead of making TinyWallet a Python app, I can make TinyWallet uh, a Go app. I can tie everything together in the TinyWallet Go um, uh, code. And then I can present the C API from there, which allows me to bring that into the same situation that I had before. I can bring it in, I can pair it with PyQt. I can create a multi-wallet now, everything is tied together, my, my Decred Dex and my my two wallets can be used to trade with each other without having to create separate wallets and use separate addresses and such. And that's great. Um, I could even take that a step farther and say, well, why do I need Python at all? I have C and I have C, QT is written in C. I can make a desktop app with, with just C. I don't need Python. And it turns out, well, I can take that. I can even go farther. Now I have, I have a Go interface too. I have a Go API on TinyWallet. I could do a pure Go desktop app or I can do, I can use the C interface, the C API, and I can get into mobile. The point is that when you, once you've exposed this, the C API, it opens up all kinds of sort of real and really neat um, opportunities to uh, interact with other languages that normally we wouldn't be able to interact with because everything we write in Decred is usually written in Go. So wrapping everything up in one package and exposing it via a C API opens up a lot of opportunities for us. So, um, and that gets us pretty far. But one thing that you'll notice here, and this is where we get into the discussion of the widgets and such. One thing you'll notice here is PyQt has a widgeting system. The Go, the Go Fine or whatever, Geo or whatever you're going to use for Go has a widgeting system. The different mobile platforms each have their own widgeting system. 
So it's great that I have one tiny wallet that I can use for all of those, but every time I go to a new platform, I have to rewrite the interface because they all use a new, a different widgeting system. So I'm looking for a solution to that now. And I decided that the most universal and the easiest to work with for me of, um, of layout managers is just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, so instead of having the widgeting system be separate from Tiny Wallet, I'm going to define the interface as part of Tiny Wallet. And then the, the task of moving to a new platform isn't the task of finding a new widgeting system. It's just finding a way to display web content. And every platform is going to have some way to display web content. I can do the same thing with Qt. PyQt has a Qt web engine, which prevent, gives me basically a browser window. Um, so I could still do the same thing that I was doing before and make a PyQt desktop app. But I can also do things like use Electron to create a desktop app. That's pretty flexible. A lot of people use Electron. It's uh, actually Electron is what um, Decreditime uses. So we could we could do that. Uh, or I could even try something like an Apache Cordova, which allows me to just write it once and then it you know, builds it for the mobile and the desktop. And the, so by including some of the interface components, I don't know what I just did. By including some of the interface components in the wallet itself and some of these, um, and including some like some useful libraries and stuff in the wallet itself, it makes it much more flexible uh, and easy to move, move around, to move around um, between platforms. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And taking this just a, and just kind of looking towards the future just a little bit while I'm here with this architecture, I wanted to show one more thing. Because we have some expertise now with DCR wallet, uh, BTC wallet, working in these things in DEX, there's, I can also bring in some other things that we've learned from DEX, like I could bring in Litecoin wallets and Bitcoin Cash wallets and Go Ethereum wallets. We know how to do all this from DEX. So beyond just Bitcoin and Decred, because of what we've learned at DEX and because of the architecture of the system, adding these things is gonna be a breeze. So the, the, the tiny wallet, instead of thinking of it as sort of the application that you start on your desktop, it's time to, it means to kind of like sort of shift the context here a little bit. Tiny wallet is more like the underlying sort of core software that you view through various windowing systems on, on your desktop. Tiny wallet itself is, uh, immutable. It, I mean, it's not immutable. It's um, it's sort of just like standardized. When you go to a new platform, the challenge is no longer how do I show people this. It's just how do I get the content from Tiny Wallet to their screen, and that's easy. It's just it's a tiny little web server. I can write a web server in Python. I can write a web server on mobile. I can write a web server on anything. That small component is the only thing that's going to change from platform to platform. So Tiny Wallet's here. It's, it's ready to go. Putting it on a new platform becomes easy, and um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Looking forward to starting to uh, bring all some of this stuff together. Another nice thing is now that I have Tiny Wallet set up with this Go and the C API all as a single package, it's not only useful as a wallet. So I'm building um, server side applications with Tiny Wallet now too. The chat server, something I'm looking at for like um, providing blockchain services. Um, those are based on Tiny Wallet because all I have to do is give Tiny Wallet a directory and that gives me a Decred Wallet, Lightning Network, a Bitcoin Wallet, DCR Dex, it gives me all of those things just like that. So building applications, not only wallet applications, but server applications or 
um, centralized applications, whatever you want to do with it. The Tiny Wallet is now sort of a, a one-stop shop for everything you need to build um, to build those applications. Uh, that's I, I had. I mean, thank you for showing the um, the displays there. Do you want me to move away from that screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for showing that display because actually, that made that made a lot more sense. And I love the fact that obviously this is all running, but someone like myself maybe wants to um, kind of channel into into one of the, the servers or one of the devices with you know and actually connect with some HTML and CSS or. And, and obviously connect to the databases actually is going to be a lot more easier. Yeah, it should be. Um, and I can certainly see that, that that would mean that we can actually inject certain elements of the blockchain into, into web pages, which is, which is basically what a lot of these widgets are trying to do. Um, which, which brings me on to things like the MetaMask and things like that, and which I'm assuming when you talk about widgets is, is the kind of um, not, did you call it a widget? Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm widgeting. When I use widgeting in this context, it's Browser more extension. of a Sorry. GUI. It's a term that has to do with uh, uh, writing GUIs, um, typically low-level GUIs that are yeah. um, based on the system windowing. Yeah. Sorry, I meant the um, the browser extension. It was it was part of my next yeah. question, which okay. which I, I, yeah. I was I was assuming that that was a a MetaMask type thing, but but right. for obviously for for decreditor. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, so the browser extension, since I have a web app, all I need is a piece of screen space that knows how to display HTML and, uh, and JavaScript, CSS and JavaScript. Um, so I can do that with a browser extension. Browser will offer you a small pop-up window to use if you want in your browser extension. Or I could even have a website embed as an iframe the wallet in the website, which surprisingly MetaMask does that. A lot of times you don't realize it when you're using it, yeah. but sometimes when you're using MetaMask, what you're actually looking at is not that little, little uh, extension pop-up. You're actually looking at the, Meta the MetaMask wallet is embedded in the website. Um, and I can do that now with, with TinyDecred. One of the big differences is that um, MetaMask, um, because it's Ethereum and because of the Ethereum model, you kind of expect that almost all data storage happens on chain and all activities sort of take place on chain. Um, whereas with Decred, a lot of stuff takes place on, off chain. And there's also some times where, um, like if I'm doing mixing, there's times where I have to keep my wallet running. Um, so the idea of adding a Decred wallet, a pure, a pure wallet extension Decred wallet is interesting, but it doesn't get you very far because when it comes time to use Decred features, a lot of them won't be available because you need a you need a constantly running wallet to take care of some of these background tasks. Um, so with Tiny Decred writing like a pure extension wallet just wasn't in the cards. Instead, Tiny Decred runs on your computer, and the extension connects your browser to the wallet. So it's just a slightly different architecture than MetaMask. Yeah, but that sounds uh, just. Whew. I, I don't even know where to start with that. That's that's been, before we go on to any any more questions, and we're, we're kind of oh, I've got one more on um, the lightning chat. Um, before doing that, community, I can see we've got quite a few people watching. Um, if you've got any questions, now's a great time. We're gonna we're gonna move over to X. This is part of the show where we kind of open community questions. If you if you've got any, obviously post them in the chat, and we'll we'll get them displayed. Um, so. The, the the final question about about what, what you've been up to with the the um, lightning chat is we're talking about bootstrapping 
the lightning mm-hmm. show, you know by having channels open for chat that it might be able to bootstrap yeah. the lightning channel um how feasible is this and how much more how 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 much can this push the 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 lightning network forward on on decred um you know your your guess is as good as mine but i think that um <laughs> that chat channels uh, offer a nice way to get people uh to bootstrap the the network for a couple of reasons first of all they're extremely cheap they're a fraction of a penny to open a chat channel um so there's very low risk you know even if you open a chat channel and the other party you close it immediately even if that costs you half a half a cent and the risk is low um so uh opening a chat channel is very low risk which is nice so if i can i think that the what i'd like to say is like if i can get someone to create a wallet a lightning connected wallet and open a channel and 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 uh, interact with the Lightning Network one time. I think I'm ninety percent of the way there. Like that's ninety percent of what I do, right? Isn't if I can get someone onto the Lightning Network, isn't that ninety percent of, of what we need to do? Because once you get them over that first hurdle, that hurdle of creating the wallet, that hurdle of opening a channel, that hurdle of sending their first payment or message or whatever, now. There, it's just, there's no fear there. All the fear is gone. It's like, okay, well, that was easy. Now I can open a, a larger channel or I can I can start interacting with the Lightning Network in this way or that way. You know, getting them over that initial hurdle, I think is 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 probably going to be the biggest challenge for uh, finding people to participate on the Lightning Network. So I think that chat channels might offer a nice, cheap way to get people involved, just to get people on the network and start participating now, another thing is that like the, the chat channels themselves, there's nothing that says it has to be a fraction of a penny. If you want to open a larger chat channel with some outbound liquidity, you can. And then when I send you a message, I could also send you some, some you know, decred with it. Or I could go start making purchases on, on some of these um, tiny wallet-backed uh, online services that are going to be popping up here pretty soon. Um, so I think it just offers a nice, low-risk, flexible way to get people onto the network. And once we have people on the network, I think that's a good starting point. I think that's a good place to be for early, yeah. early uh, decred lightning. I must admit, it's, I mean, myself and Exodus have been, when the first proposal went through for the video proposal went through, we said, well, we'd do a tutorial on, on lightning. And I've kind of put it off, put it off, put it off, just purely because it does, it, you know, there's a, there's getting onto it just a little bit, a little bit, seems a little bit scary. I'm sure it's not. Right. And I think, the idea of of you know having a, a wallet that has less than a decred in it, and I'm just talking to Exodus, I'm talking to somebody else. I think you're right. I think that's what's going to trigger. Um, that's what's going to trigger the use cases for the Lightning Network. And I think yeah. in the coming weeks, once once I've worked this tiny wallet out um, and installed it and all the rest of it, I think we're going to do that. We're going to create a, a tutorial for kind of um, communication. We'll mm-hmm. we'll open that up and just really promote that because in actual fact that. That's literally all that needs to happen. And it makes complete sense when I hear it from you like that. So, yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, I'm tempted to leave my last question for a second. It's just it's just to find out how the DCR DEX is going up. Um, I've, I've kind of taken my 30 minutes. So let's head on over to Exodus and let's get some community questions. Sure. Uh, yeah, one, one question before we go to community questions. Do you have any sort of approximate release date for this new wallet or any of the features? Or is um, it just kind of up in the I air? And I have to say, you know, the side? Yeah, this is a side project. Um, the, although that said, this year I've been 
dedicating more and more time to it. But um, right now, I really want to get a 1.0 DEX release out. I'm pushing hard. We need to get the native wallets built in. Um, we've got to get, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about DEX later, but there's a couple tools we need to add. And um, I, I, it's hard for me to dedicate time to a project that depends on DEX when I know DEX isn't quite where it needs to be yet. So right now I'm focused on DEX. Um, slowly and slowly, though, I've been dedicating more and more time to, to this project. Um, you know, if you see something usable in a prototype form, even just a testnet uh, usable by the end of the year, maybe that would be good. Cool. Um, so, uh, I, if you're if you're hard, if you're a developer and you want to help, you I, I can give you something right now. But <laughs> um, if you want to see a polished product or anything that that I would be comfortable passing out and telling people to use, then it'll be a little bit. So, can we expect a proposal at some point? Do you think? To kind of open it up um, to more developers or yeah well i mean it's opened up to as many developers who who want to right now if you're talking about people getting paid um that's a different story yeah I have to do a <laughs> proposal for that um the i've had some budgets uh approved by stakeholders in the past but all all that cash is gone so this is really just a passion project for me um i do it uh, in my spare time and um and right now, if anyone wanted to be involved, that's what it would have to be for them too. But if someone wants to come along and help me write a proposal and start getting some cash on the table and move things along, I would welcome that contribution to the project. Um, as long as you know, we all know that I'm on Dex for at least a couple more months, uh, pretty hardcore. Then, um, then bring it on. But uh, yeah, yep. Okay, uh, great. Um, I don't know, Phoenix. You you wanted to move on to questions, or did you want to talk about general? Decred Dex development. I know that the Dex has had so much development going on. Um, I actively yeah. check the the GitHub repos, and it's it's really incredible. Just I know like um, mixed DCR is going to be available mm -hmm. for trading. You guys have USDC. Uh, you're you know getting it on testnet uh, to work. Um, yeah. The Ethereum contract uh, Solidity contract was audited with you know great scores. So it's really shaping up nicely. Did you want to just speak about the general development? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Um, uh, we're about to put a show on 0.5 release, um, which uh, feature-wise, it doesn't it doesn't bring a whole lot of new stuff to the table. A lot of bug fixes, and um, a lot of stuff that isn't you know in your face. Uh, this is new, no new feature. A lot of bug fixes. Over 140 closed issues and merged pull requests go went into this release. So, and that's that's high for a release for us. So if you're still on 0.4, which I believe Decrediton is, uh, keep an eye out for 0.5 because it does open up quite a few uh, new things. Um, and it should make the overall experience quite a bit better. Um, just a, a, a quick list of some of the things that 0.5 is going to bring to the table. We have Zcash and Dogecoin wallets, um, both only RPC wallets right now. So you will have to run full nodes on those two. Um, but Decred now is a native wallet, SPB native wallet. Um, so both, both Decred and Bitcoin, we now have native built-in wallets, no external software required. Um, Litecoin also got a an Electrum wallet. So you don't have to sync the full blockchain there. You can do a, an external Light wallet with Litecoin now. And then 0.5, we also have some neat, just a couple small features. We have uh, USB conversions. So for instance, when I look at the balance, my Decred balance in my wallet, it'll have a small display there that says approximately this many US dollars. Um, we have QR codes for addresses. We have more uh, options around um, 
uh, around the way that you're or around wallet options around order time that can help you control fees or speed things up or um, or provide a little bit of, uh, of convenience if you plan to do a lot of trading. Um, and let's see what else do I have. We don't have no Ethereum on 0.5 yet. Um, if we're on testnet, we're testing on testnet with Ethereum. If you uh, please come by and fire up uh, uh, DCR decks and, and test some Ethereum on testnet with us, but it's not gonna make it to 0.5. I think we're looking forward to an 0.6 um, and 0.6 may end up being called 1.0, but we're looking forward to the next release, at least for, for Ethereum and tokens. Um, so looking at, as we look forward, then we have Ethereum. I want to get USDC on 0.6. And then we have Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin native SPV light wallets in 0.6. So that'll be four native wallets that don't require external software, or no, excuse me, five native wallets that don't require external software. And that includes ERC20 ERC tokens with the Ethereum wallet too. So infinite assets um, without, <laughs> without any additional software. Um, so that's where we're, that's where we're moving with, with the decks. Um, now, one other thing I wanted to touch on, because this comes up a lot people are like, okay, there's only one market. There's only decredit Bitcoin. You guys have Litecoin, you have Bitcoin cash. How come there's still only, only one market? And the simple answer is because I can't just open a market. I can't just fire up a server, open a market and say, hey, everyone, I have a market open. You have, because no one's going to use it. There's no orders on the market. You have to have someone to provide liquidity for the market. It's just the way it is in, in crypto, especially for, for low volume assets um, and new markets. So I know that the guys at DCR or dex.decred.org, they have their own way of providing liquidity for the market. They're, they're writing their own tools for that. Um, but before I start recommending that operators run new markets with some of these new assets that we have, I want to build the tools into the client so that anyone can be a market maker. Anyone can provide arbitrary services. Services. So one thing that we're in, the, one of the first PR pull requests is already open. The market built-in market maker on the client is already open. Um, and how that'll work is just like I would make a trade um, with my De with my Dex client, there would be a slightly different there would be a different dialogue there that says you know make this market provide this much liquidity for the market dedicate so much liquidity for the market, and it's it's an automated trading routine. I hate to use the word bot because that sort of has a negative connotation, but it is it's a bot, and it it'll keep that market liquidity going for you. It tracks the price. It has a way of you know has some nice features that help you um, help to make sure that you don't lose anything market making isn't always the most profitable but hopefully you don't lose anything that's the that's the goal here <laughs> um so uh once these tools are up i think then it'll be time to really start pushing people to open some of these new markets I'll, I'll be happy to provide liquidity for markets i don't have a lot of you know i'm not wealthy or anything but i i have enough that i can provide a couple lots of liquidity on the side of each market that would be reasonable um, these tools are coming along. Um, part of them are already sort of under review and some of them are, are soon to be up for a review. Um, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to address that because I know that a lot of people are, uh, what's the word? Um, just unhappy with what they view as a lack of sort of progress. We only have one market. It's been almost two years since text launch. There's only one market out there available. And it's because I don't want to 
put out a product and tell people to create these markets if they're going to be of such low quality <laughs> that yeah. no one can use them. So anyways, I thought I'd get that. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, we've reached out to the Litecoin community time and time again, and they just don't really yeah. care. They're, they're not yeah, interested. Hopefully Zcash or Bitcoin cash might take a liking and maybe their community can do something about it. But yeah. obviously we're decred. So, well, and know. it's hard because you can say, well, Hey, come and provide liquidity. They're like, okay, how do I do that? Well, you have to write this, you have to install this client and then you have to write some code in order to manage your liquidity and manage your market making. It's hard to say that to someone, Hey, come provide liquidity. You got to write all the code while you're at it, but come provide some liquidity for our market. <laughs> so instead we're going to, we're going to build the tools into the client so that anyone can provide liquidity. We don't have to outsource yeah. it from, from anyone. Um, it's yeah. amazing. I'd heard some and, chatter on, I think it was Twitter about Hummingbot and things like that. I thought I don't, I don't see that one working. But it's nice that you you just explained explain what, what what was going on with that. So yeah, that's that's great. And yeah, I I also not not having a lot of money, but I'd definitely be up for providing a bit of liquidity once it's possible. Do you um, guys have any plans in the in the next release to uh, lower the lot size, uh, the the needed decredit trade or? Because I know that's yeah, a big question. I, I expect the lot size to come down. I actually already expected the lot size to come down. We've been talking about it for months. And again, I'm not in charge of the market, but I hear things through the grapevine. And the word is that the lot size is supposed to be coming down. <laughs> but uh, it hasn't happened yet. I expect it to come down to somewhere between 10 and $20. So it should yeah. be a, at least by half and possibly by 75% uh, decrease in the lot size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially lately with the decrypt price swinging so, so wildly. It's like, how do you pick the yeah. right lot size for the market, you know? But yeah. Uh, yeah, someone in chat asks, um, can we Im implement our own trading strategies with the market maker bot? I, I guess that's the point, right? So sort of, um, the initial release will have three or four knobs that you can adjust, or maybe it's, maybe it's, I think it's three knobs that you can adjust. So implementing your own strategy is more just like adjusting the parameters. Going forward though, I do want to look into having sort of plug and play strategies. Like I want to use, you know, sort of just a checkbox. I want to use this strategy or this strategy or this strategy. I want to use this approach and then still some, you know, some optional knobs and such. But yeah, I, I, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of saying, I want to do it slightly different. I think that this will work slightly better and letting people sort of, you know, play with those, the, those settings and finding a balance there. Um, so sort of, yeah, you will be have you will have some knobs to play with. Um, it won't be exactly like implementing completely new strategies. Your strategy is just a combination of, of sort of parameters that you supply to the market maker. But yeah, there is some there is some flexibility there. Yeah. Let's see. If you guys in the community want to ask some questions, now now is your time. We, we seem a bit light on questions. This is uh, unusual for you guys. You're normally overly vocal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go for it if you've got questions. But Exus, over to you. We've we got a couple on um, Decrypt yeah. Magazine. Yeah, we, we have a few here. Is Company Zero blocking competing servers? I, I don't think. I think that's no. a little ridiculous. No, that's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you see our DEX is open source. Anyone can open a market. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, Dex.drika.org, that server is providing an amazing service for us, and we should be thanking them because they're writing tools in order to provide that market. They're creating, they have to create software in order to provide that market for us. Um, so, yeah, there's, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about those guys. They're doing great. Okay. All right, we'll move on to questions. Uh, 
Let's see, Mr. Turniphead asks, I'd like to know any I'd like to know how Decrypt fits in with Web3. Will the DCR decks somehow tie in with that? I have a hard time imagining how the two would work together unless Decrypt is doing some kind of sidechain thing for people to store data on. So yeah, how does how does Decrypt fit in with Web3 and you know with the decks? So let me just start by I need to I need to admit something to you guys. Web3 is nonsense. It's a marketing term. And I'm <laughs> yeah. it really is. What is the definition of Web3? I think that if you ask 10 people that, you'll get 10 different answers, but there will be some common themes among that. I think the idea of Web3 is that we want to sort of, we all have online lives and those online lives are separate from our blockchain lives in large part. MetaMask has, is, a, is an app that allows us to sort of bridge that. And I think that Ethereum and MetaMask and, and Math Wallet or whatever, all those various wallets do a pretty good job of bridging that gap, but they only do it for account-based assets, for EVM assets. Um, it's, I think that the core of what people are looking for in Web3 is more about integration of our blockchain lives with our daily, everyday lives, which is largely lived online these days. And we can provide that. Um, you know, it, it's about having uh, an identity. It's about controlling your own data. Um, it's about blockchain integration. And we can do all of that without or with Decred, without having an Ethereum blockchain and smart contracts and such. Now, if you're looking for DeFi or if you're looking for NFTs, that's something that Decred's not going to excel at. We're not going to do that very well. But Tiny Wallet, as I showed earlier, also supports Ethereum. So it's all good. <laughs> Eventually, if you still want the DeFi and the NFTs, once this is all integrated and working, then you can still have that stuff. But it just it's not going to be on the Decred blockchain. Okay, great. Okay, next question is a fun one. What what's the status on the DCR Dex name change? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I want to change the name. Uh, I've I've made a couple of suggestions. We've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, I'm yet to be convinced or inspired of anything. Um, I think Decred does a, in general, we're people, and I've heard this comment made many times, people don't think we're very good with naming things. So I want to go a little bit slower with this and just make sure that we're taking the time and putting in the, the effort to make sure that we're finding something that's going to work. Um, uh, so there, I, I put one mistake I made is I sort of did this publicly. I said, Hey, I'm thinking about a name change. I did this on Twitter. I did this on Reddit. I'm thinking about a name change. Here's a couple of ideas I'm playing with. Um, what do you guys think? If you have suggestions, please offer them. Um, and that was a shit joke. It was <laughs> everyone and their mother has an idea. Most of them are terrible. And people are very, very, very strongly opinionated about this. Um, I see a lot of stuff that's like open swap and free swap and cypher swap and true decks. And with a lot of that's probably the majority of the name suggestions I've gotten and I have to sort of reject that um those types of names as I don't know exactly how to explain a couple things happening here first from a marketing standpoint it's not it's not great so if I think of for instance I'm going to change the subject a little bit if I think of word processing software um and someone tells me to use open office I'm like oh okay open office is, is okay it gets the job done but if I have Word in front of me, it's like, okay, I'll use that because it's a really well-developed, highly developed product and it's professionally done. 
I know it's going to work and I know how to use it. And there's lots of tutorials out there. Um, and so I think that in general, people, when they hear the word like open or, or free or something like that in the name, they tend to uh, associate it with like second tier software that's provided free of charge because they're, because it's not as good as other stuff. It's also a little bit of virtue signaling, which I'm not crazy about. Like, yeah, I know you want to inject like a lot of meaning into these names and stuff, but um, people don't necessarily care about that. What are the top DEXs out there right now? Sushi Swap, uh, uh, Uniswap, um, uh, you, you know, uh, what, what are the other ones? Um, DYDX, you know, these, these words, they don't, they don't try to like uh, inject like the entire ethos of the system into the name. They just want something that's memorable and that people don't have to say, hey, you know, what does that mean? When I when someone says go to sushi swap and trade, I don't go, oh, well, what does sushi mean in sushi swap? <laughs> I just go, oh, sushi swap. They, it's easy to remember. I'm gonna go to sushi swap and trade. Next time I want to go back, I'll remember it as sushi swap. I'll go there and trade again. And I think at Decred we do a somewhat poor job of that. Almost all of the names that we give our products require some kind of like primer, like Here's the credit time. What's the credit time mean? Well, it's this and this. And this. Okay, here is uh, um, uh, um, uh, what's the word? All a tail. Tiny wall. Even even a tiny wall gets a lot of guff. It's like, what does tiny wall mean? Well, well. <laughs> now I got to go and like explain all this. We haven't always done a great job in making names that people will use. Um, so I'm going a little bit slower on this. I'm keeping things open. I'm waiting for the right name that just hits hits the ear right to come through, but I can't guarantee there's going to be a name change at all. Um, I like the fact that people are thinking about it. I like that people are interested in it. I like that most people seem to be on board with the name change, but um, there's just there's just a lot a lot riding on it, and I, we want to make sure that we do it right. So right now, just kind of on hold. If someone has an idea, please send it my way. But we're just kind of waiting to be inspired. I think. I liked the fact that you um, you did it so openly, and I know it got it got kind of flooded. But an actual fact that was probably one of um, Decred's highest performing tweets. So it's like you know things like that really get everyone quite passionate, and I and I quite like that. And I do I do agree that um, pretty much everything in the Decred world has has this primer associated to it. So yes, yeah, um, it, it's going to be interesting going forward, and I'm and I'm sure um, you know that 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 will kind of keep everyone interested for ages, and I'm sure there'll be some some good some good ones come along eventually wow yeah. what we got okay uh next question is there any solution that could work in the decks for adding a fiat ramp so fiat on ramp yeah um the short answer is no um so at least as an integrated as integrated into the decks the it, it's a no because any kind of fiat on fiat on ramp is gonna require us to seek private information of some kind from our from our users. And Dex, we're just not gonna do that with Dex. Um, privacy is so critical to us as we build this. One thing that I could see is um, having uh, just a link or even like a perhaps a, like an embedded iframe. And I think I saw that some services offer that to a third party service that does fiat on ramps, even be a credit card, let them handle your private information, let them deal with that. You can use them if you want, um, but Dex itself isn't gonna handle that. We would forward you to their website with an address for them to send the funds back to, and then they, it would come back to us. Um, so unfortunately, Fiat on-ramps as part of the 
core debt service is just not going to happen. Um, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And really, I mean, people cash. should just get paid in decred, and then they can convert it to USDC or whatever they want on on the DEX. Exactly, as stable coins. I mean, you could still you know buy USDC on Coinbase, send it to DEX. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question is. Do you think Decred Dex needs additional funding to promote to pr promote its value proposition and awareness? I mean, we're talking about marketing expenses. The answer is yes, eventually. But I want to I want to have something to market first, um, and it's hard to do that when there's one market out there, and uh, and just a lot of uh, a lot of promises about what it's going to be. So we're getting really close to a place that we can talk about that. We don't have anything specifically earmarked for uh, for marketing in our current budget, but we have a little bit of discretionary spending. So if something came up, an opportunity came up, or if it became clear that it was time, we would be able to um, to put something out. Um, but right now, I don't think that any of us at DEX are focused on trying to, trying to get the word out there. We're all just laser focused on really getting these new assets involved, new assets, these new features, getting a nice solid 1.0 release. And then we can start talking about, you know, really spreading the word. Um, eventually I, I do think, I do see marketing in our future at some point. Okay, cool. And uh, as a follow-up question, is there enough funding to swiftly code up uh, additional pairs on our own dime? Is there, and, uh, yeah. and enough interest to add innovative products besides spots? So I think when they say innovative products, you're probably looking yeah. for DeFi stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not sure um, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, we have, we're not, we're not looking towards adding, you know, derivatives or anything like that. Um, our next big tasks are going to be the mesh network and, uh, <clears throat> and the uh, lightning network integration. Um, as far as like coding up new assets, we're at a place now where coding a new Bitcoin like asset is a couple of days work and then and then a review process. It's literally a couple of days worth of work, though, if even. It might be, I, I bet I could code it. If you gave me the right Bitcoin, a Bitcoin asset that hasn't that hasn't strayed too far from the Bitcoin protocol, I could probably code it up in a few hours now. So, can do we have? Are we able to do it on our dime? Yeah, we we definitely are for many assets. Um, Ethereum is going to be similar. We're not there yet with Ethereum, but adding new EVM assets is also going to be, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, once you get outside of that, though, if you're looking to do like a Cardano or something weird, like, you know, I don't I don't even know how that how, how we would go about doing that. If you're looking for something that's outside of the Bitcoin and Ethereum land, then things get more difficult. And no, we don't have any we don't have the resources right now to add new non UTXO non Ethereum assets to to DEX. Um, and we have no intention of doing it. We no one's ever no one's come to us and asked us to add Solana or anything weird like that. So um. Okay. So right now, I mean, yeah, we can add new assets um, fairly quickly if they're the right assets. If you want something exotic, it's not going to be it's not going to be simple. It would probably require a new proposal with dedicated funding for adding new uh, new types of assets. One that I've okay. seen a lot of people ask for is Monero, and I, yes. I think I put it in a chat a few months ago, and that that seemed like it would be quite difficult. Yeah, they've made some progress on uh, on Monero atomic swaps, um, but unfortunately, they don't fit with our atomic swap system. It's it's a really it's a completely hybrid protocol. 
a completely new protocol for doing atomic swaps on uh, on Monero. And there's also some concerns about the protocol itself, um, but I think it's those, those concerns is something we can get around. Um, there's a lot of interest in it. A lot of people, every time we talk about DEX, someone comes along and says, can you do Monero? Can you do Monero? I just, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. The best I can offer you is Zcash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zcash. Yeah, it's a great, great alternative. But uh, I think yeah, that, uh, is, a, that is quite a common one. We had a Zcash question in the chat. I don't know, uh, uh, Phoenix, if you'd like to highlight that question by Theo. Oh, where is it? It's uh, the... Um, I think I've got it. Yeah, got it. The, will anyone's Zcash wallet address be visible when swapping on the DCR DEX? Your T addresses will be visible. Um, well, T addresses are always visible on chain, can, and DEX is always on chain. So your T addresses will be visible. We don't work with the shielded pool yet for our uh, Zcash wallets. Um, and even if we did, obviously, the shielded pool, it wouldn't, OK, even if we did uh, start integrating features of working with the shielded pool, it wouldn't be for trading. It would only be for sending and receiving. So, um, so no, Zcash, I mean, if you want to be private with your Zcash, you'd be as private as you want. Um, trading does involve the exposure of T addresses, so yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and on that note, uh, someone also asked, David Butcher asked, would it also be possible to organize private chat rooms via Lightning Network, or do we need a MRTTRE implementation first? Oh, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that MRTTR, MRT tree, is that how you say it? No, I, have um, no idea. I don't, I <laughs> actually, I, I have read a little bit about the power of these data structures. I, I don't know that technology very well. Um, as far as having like larger chat rooms that exist outside of the browser and purely on the lightning network. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a technological hurdle, but that would be possible. Sure. Okay. And uh, next question, uh, same with Lightning Network. Is Lightning, uh, would Lightning Network implementation on the DEX lead to quicker trade times? And I guess a, a better question is, are, are, are we gonna see Lightning on the DEX at some point, do you think? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, we're looking at it. I've been looking at it a lot, um, thinking about how exactly we're gonna do it. There's certainly some challenges to making it work right, but yeah, we're gonna see Lightning on DEX. Um, and the trade times, it, it will reduce trade times. If you're trading on an L2, L2 market, say you're trading um, your Lightning Decred for Lightning Bitcoin, um, those trades would happen virtually instantly. Um, if you're trading on an L1, L2 market, which is I think where we really, where DEX will really show its power is when we have L2, L1, L2 markets. Imagine trading, um, instead of having to loop in or loop, loop out of uh, of Bit of your Bitcoin lightning and having to create on-chain transactions. Imagine if you could reload your or rebalance your Bitcoin lightning network channel by paying Decred. That's essentially what an L1, L2 market would be using a low fee asset to re to reload, you know, lightning network channels on, on a high fee, uh, high fee blockchains. Um, and those an L1, L2 market would go faster, but it wouldn't be instant. It would be about half, half it's, fast or half as, uh, or twice as fast, excuse me, as a uh, L2, L2 or L1, L1, excuse me. Okay, great. Okay, uh, DCR Uncle asks, is Tor essential to network sovereignty? Uh, what are other services that similarly, uh, that are similarly meshed to our future mesh decks? 
and what incentives are needed to keep the decks maximally decentralized? So there's a few different questions there. <laughs> right. I mean, it, yeah, the decentralization, decentralization and privacy are, of course, we focus on that at all times with the decks. Looking forward, that's what we're looking forward to with the mesh network is decentralizing the server itself. Um, so as far as Tor goes, uh, we we do support Tor. Um, John, Chap JC, John Chapelo has done uh, has really focused on keeping the Tor on the server and the client in a in a functional and ready to use state. And he's even um, experimented. We've even experimented a little bit playing with a mainnet Tor server, so we know it works. We've done trades on mainnet with Tor. Um, and yeah, privacy is 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 critical for us. Uh, some some day somewhere, some unelected bureaucrat is going to decide to censor decks. It's going to happen, and we need to make sure that we're ready for that. So Tor is a critical part of our infrastructure. It's going to be ready to go at at a drop of a dime, all the time. It's always going to be there. Yep. That's great. Excellent. Yeah. It's nice to know you guys are ready. <laughs> yes, okay. that just blows my mind, actually. Like, <laughs> um, I guess the other part of that question is, what incentives are needed to keep the decks maximally decentralized? I mean, I guess that's the, that's the whole point of the decks. It's decentralized yeah, exchange. <laughs> I'm having a little trouble with that one. I, that what incentives are needed? Um, you know, I think that the incentive alignment of of decks is pretty good. I think that we um, we have created a system where privacy is valued, um, and I don't think that there's anything that's going to come along that's going to change our minds about uh, the importance of privacy. So yeah, I, looking forward, I, I expect that that you'll you'll uh, people who are very interested in privacy will have what they need from Dexia. All right, excellent. And I think uh, do you see any more questions there, Phoenix, in the chat? I don't think I Number see any actual questions. Smart. I think that's just a comment, just okay, not, not yeah. a question. But yeah, this this has been great. I, I think, just just over an hour. Amazing. Yeah. Our decks. Before we go to sign off, um, Buck, is there anything that you want to add? Is there any? I think we talked earlier about getting people involved in in your work. Is there any anywhere they can come to, or is, is there anything you want to add to the end of this? Yeah, I'm just browsing my notes here a little bit and seeing them. Um, yeah. Um, no, I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover. Yeah. That was yeah, pretty intensive. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, and I think, um, you know, if, if you guys want to see this stuff happen, you know, obviously get in touch with Buck and he's on yeah. Matrix and he's fully accessible there. So yeah. to bring some de developers in, put the proposals together, especially if you are capable of, of doing this stuff. And now he's outlined the proposal for tiny wallet and he's shown us how the wrappers work um i dare say there should be a few people out there that are going okay i can i can kind of work with this and i'd like to find out more and and obviously we we know where to go and this is this is important now so you know if you want to see this stuff happen you know you you've got, you've got to get involved um signing off exus is there anything you want to add uh no this this has been a great chat love hearing about the decks uh like i said earlier love just going on github that's really the best way. I'm going to link the GitHub right here in the chat so people can check it out. But it's just amazing to always go through and see all the stuff you guys are building and adding. And um, it's we're really, busy. really we've shaping got, up. And yeah. We've got new guys coming on board, too. And we've we're, Dex is ramping up. We've got a lot, of, a lot going on. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, the lightning chat sounds sounds excellent to have that in deep red. Uh, so yeah, just just uh, thanks a lot to Buck for coming on here. Sure. Thanks, uh, yeah. guys. Yeah, thanks, Buck. Um, thanks, community, um, for, for getting in touch. Don't forget to give this program a like, um, subscribe, and most importantly, um, put a comment underneath. Tell us, everyone, how much you like it. It all, all helps with the algorithm, and let's try and get this channel up to 10,000 subscribers. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs> Take care, all.